Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. The Bible tells us in John 16, in this world you're going to be troubled, but take care of uh, all following me because I've overcome this world. Hey, tonight we've got a great show for you. We've had a few technical difficulties. Thanks to yours truly. So anyway, I'm on the phone. Is this cool or what? There's all kinds of ways that BBS and TJ take care of us. So uh, we've just got the best friends in the world at BBS Radio TV. So I'm going to move right along for time's sake today. You all know who our people are. We've got the greatest team you could ever imagine. We've got Dr. Paul Hall from Long Polk, California, who's a That's retired right. theologian and pastor. He theologues all week long, and uh, <laughs> the things he's been theologuing on help us to go along and be raising our expectations. Also, all the way over on the East Coast and Dalton, Georgia, we have Stephanie and Dr. Craig Bayer. Dr. Craig is a surgeon. He is also a nutritional specialist, as is Stephanie. And Stephanie uh, really helps people on what to eat, how to eat, how they take care of themselves. And her husband comes along and takes care of the same situation with her. And because of their love for Jesus Christ, they help you discover who you are. More than that, they help you see who you can really become, just like Paul does as we follow the Lord. Now, tonight, so we're going to do this for time, our, our favorite guy there in Central Texas in uh, McKinney, Pastor Ron Greer, has had a family emergency that's come up today. So hold him up in your prayers. I know a lot of you have been texting me on that. Just be praying for him. He won't be with us tonight. He's going to be okay. There's been a loss in his family. and I know the way Ron is. They'll be looking to him for strength and for guidance and for all that he can help them. So moving right along, tonight we have with us from Southern California, we have Dr. Marion Cintron. Also, we have Will Cintron, her husband. Will is a really cool guy. Will uh, works with men's ministry just like Ron does, helping guys to become all they can become by discovering, again, who they are in Christ Jesus, and then just letting him show them how this world really works. And uh, Dr. Cintron, Marianne, is one of our good friends, both of them, She's just incredible. I'm not going to tell you all about it because we're going to have her two weeks in a row. There's so many good things we're going to cover. We're going to pitch this over. And also, I always want to thank Stephanie because Stephanie found her for us. Way to go, Steph. Years ago, she brought Dr. Cintron on, and she's been taking care of us ever since with great insight. So moving right along, we're going to just shift gears. Marion, welcome again to Raising Expectations. Sorry we're a little behind. 
But uh, we had a little equipment situation, but we're ready to go. We're so glad you're here. Let's give them the welcome for Raising Expectations. Here we go. It is great to be here. Thank you. Good to see you all. Yeah, good to see you. I know I know a good, smart, amazing human when I see one, and so I caught her as quick as I could. <laughs> good work. Well, I'll, good work. I'll introduce <laughs> myself because I know um, we had some trouble with Joe not being able to do that, but I've been an educator for 23 years, a classroom teacher for 10. My husband and I are on the Love Life Ministry at our church, which is a pro-life ministry, and we um, have weekly meetings where we walk in front, walk around the Planned Parenthood in our community of uh, neighboring community of Pomona, and we are learning that 70% of women who see people standing in front of Planned Parenthood praying will turn away and not have abortions. And we've learned that when women see sonograms of their babies, they will keep their babies. So we're on a mission to let people know there's alternatives to abortion, that an unplanned pregnancy doesn't mean it has to be an abortion, and that there's organizations like Options and Choices, uh, Life Choices, and the Love Life Ministry that will pick up where an unplanned pregnancy is they'll help the mother with a baby shower, give her diapers and baby food, and even provide housing for women. And uh, it's just very um, grievous to learn about the abortion doctors committing abortions when they have lists of women who want to adopt babies. So um, I recently met a lady in church who had an abortion doctor call her because he was a Christian, but he was committing abortions. And he said, I have a baby whose mom just changed her mom. A mom changed her mind and doesn't want to abort. And I told her I have a list of families willing to adopt. Do you want to adopt? And they were on the waiting list to adopt. And, you know, they've had the baby 30 years now. She's an older lady now. But um, this little baby had siblings who were raised in the foster care system with a lot of abuse sexual and emotional abuse. So they really rescued this baby, not only from death, but from a foster care system that was endangering kids. So the thing is, Planned Parenthood will take a sonogram of the baby, but not to tell, not to show the mother to determine what kind of abortion the mother needs. Mm. So they are an abortion mill and um, we're passionate about getting information out regarding abortion and pro-life but also what Planned Parenthood's agenda is for the comprehensive sex education in the schools and how they're trying to desensitize our, our kids as young as kindergarten through elementary school and um, create an environment where getting pregnant is no big deal. Take a couple pills, have the, abort the baby overnight, and no big deal. So we have information to share. Should I just keep talking, Joe, or do you want to wait for questions first? Or no, I think that's a great intro. Thanks for covering that. Stephanie or, and, and Tank, if you have a thought there, or Paul, I have a couple of thoughts too, but uh, can you hear me okay? We're good. Yeah, so. we can hear you. Let's roll. Okay, good. So, <laughs> I definitely have thoughts. Um, I think I may have mentioned this last time because I didn't know that you guys were so involved in this ministry, but Craig was adopted, and um, thank the Lord for that. And actually, yes. my my grandfather was also adopted 
um, which was pretty rare. And uh, we, I, I usually have the pen. I think the pen is downstairs, but we were very involved in a ministry in Sacramento called Alternatives. And it was an mm-hmm. option kind of similar. And so even if what, what Dr. Marianne is describing, if there isn't something that you don't recognize one of those names of these different organizations, you can look up almost every community has something that's an alternative to Planned Parenthood. And it is not a judgment space, but it is an education space. And they will give you opportunity and ministry. And it is people's passion. And like we just learned about one here, they're wonderful. And I think that a lot of the women that show up are at a loss and don't know how to do it on their own. And when if they can just recognize that there are choices. They do have a path to go. They do have people that will be there with them, whether they keep it, they give it up, you know, all these different choices. I think yes. that's a very freeing and beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, so I just, I wanted to share that real quick. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, it, it, what got you interested in doing that, being involved with Planned yeah. Parenthood? the Lord Lord spoke to both of us about getting involved with life I've had many dreams about babies Mm -hmm. in coffins about rescuing babies from death and I didn't know what that meant until a woman from church said God's going to raise you Mm -hmm. up for the pro-life movement and then my husband uh, yeah I'll share Um, when I was 18 years old I drove my girlfriend um, to the abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. So it's 18, I'm 70 now. <laughs> Spent a long time. Uh, it took me, it, it it was something that happened and it was never spoken of um, mm-hmm. until um, Marianne was pregnant with uh, our first child together here. Um, and uh, I, I started having nightmares. And it took me a few nights before I realized what they were about. It was basically the enemy just telling me that even though I had a son from my previous marriage, that now I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a problem because I'm a Christian. You know, I'm born again. And and, uh, so um, the the enemy doesn't like that. So um, he uh, he was he was trying to get get to me to through those dreams saying that I wasn't. I wasn't good enough. Look, look what I had done. And um, mm. that's when it, I shared Mary. She was the first person I ever told any, about it. Mm. A couple of weeks later at a church uh, we were attending, uh, the men's, uh, a bunch of us men had gotten together on a weekend. And the pastor was asking each person, you know, what was on your mind. Mm. And when he got to me, even though I wasn't, it was the last thing, wasn't even on my mind when he was asking that question. As soon as he pointed to me, I I shared my story, and that's when I really mm. felt the the forgiveness of of God. I felt His presence and His forgiveness. Mm. Um, even though Marianne and I had prayed, you know, and asked for forgiveness, that was the time when I it was very evident, and, and I had shared it with about fifteen or twenty men. Um, so over the years. Um, I've had opportunities now and then to to share my story with other men, um, and uh, I. It's surprising how many men come forward and talk yeah. about, you know, their girlfriend, their their wife, um, or you know, someone else that they knew that they were involved in that person having an abortion. So um, 
when this came up, the Love Life Ministry, uh, we uh, came up and, and we were interested right away because we wanted to be involved in, in the church we, we were attending because of COVID, right? <laughs> One church closed, and, so we changed yeah. churches. And, and then uh, the new church yeah. started this ministry. Yeah. And um, so they were just starting the Love Life Ministry. And um, and so we went to the meetings and, you know, that's a, now it's it's moving forward. I believe that at uh, our um, chapter here in um, Pomona or Chino Hills, I believe they've 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 saved over twenty uh, children from being aborted, and and they they do they go alongside those, those young women and and you know some of them don't have the funds they don't know what to do and so they they come alongside and provide them. Uh, funds, they give them, you know, they take care of them. And they just don't say, okay, here, you know, uh, you know, shoot them off someplace and then and leave them alone. They want to come right alongside of them and uh, go through the whole process with them and, uh, you know, have baby showers. Um, I think we recently had a, a, one of the, one of the babies that was uh, just had their first birthday. So they had a big birthday for the for the baby and uh and the moms are you know seeing what they you know what they can now do where they can move forward in their lives and and um you know they they, they have ambitions now to, you know to take care of them, their child but in order to do so they have to take care of themselves and uh you know get some you know more education some schooling or or even just get a job and uh, mm-hmm. What a support system we were exposed to be. Amen, Will. It's great. I'm sure Paul's like me. I can think of so many times. Tank, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. I was just going to say, you are the perfect example of the verse, God will use all things Mm -hmm. for his good and his purpose, right? So think how many many lives you've saved. You just mentioned 20. That's a ripple. Yeah, it is. But, you know, it's a beginning and there's well, more, more and more clinics are closing because they don't have doctors. Less and less doctors are going into the field. Um, so, and, you know, so it, it's it's a ripple of effect. And, and now with, you know, today's technology, uh, young, young kids are seeing that, you know, there's a baby there. You know, there's six weeks old, uh, six six days old, whatever. You know, and, and there's a heartbeat, and um, so it's it's you know, at my time, and at 18 years old, I believed the lie that it was nothing, that it was just a, a bunch of tissue. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know that that was that's the lie that they want to put, put out to to all the kids that it's it, it, there's nothing there, and uh, further from the truth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, so what's been really, what's been interesting is the Lord had me publish a book called I'm Going to Be a Big Brother. And it um, is the story of my son who's now 30, and he's going to be having a little sister and how it's to relieve the anxiety of a young son who's going to have a new baby in the home. But every month I talk about the growth of the baby in the womb. And every trimester I say what the baby's doing and feeling in the womb, and it's to help this generation. The Lord said, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. So this book is helping to 
feed the young children to know the life in the womb matters when a mother, father, or grandparents are reading the book. And then also I published a book called um, Powerful Parenting, and it's a return to traditional family values. It's um, There's 17 um, inspirational stories about, you know, the mom staying home with her baby. It's okay. It talks about how to build the, the husband and wife relationship. Some traditional stories that this generation of young parents, young couples need to hear. So I thought that was going to be the end of it. But then I went to this conference of Love Life and was at our church. And they actually had a woman who used to work for Planned Parenthood came on stage. She was telling us that as these teachers are quitting the school because they don't want to teach sex education with the graphic novels that they're teaching the kids, very young, um, nudity, pornography in the class, the teachers are leaving. So Planned Parenthood has people trained to go in and train and teach the kids. So Planned Parenthood makes billions of dollars on abortion and they bring in billions of dollars with sex education. And people need to know that Planned Parenthood is not helping parents plan what to do with their baby. They're an abortion mill. And so Mm -hmm. now the Lord's opening up opportunities for Will and I to speak on radio, on TV. I've been presenting, you know, to my Christian business partners and I have a podcast and a YouTube called Powerful Parenting Mm -hmm. that anybody can download it and listen to a 30 minute presentation I give with a lot of information. I'm being asked to, you know, I'm going to be invited to women's conferences and I love it because I'm still Mm -hmm. a teacher. I still have kids with dyslexia, but this is a ministry and it's so um, true to the heart of God. And I'm learning it's not about changing the laws as much as it is changing people's hearts Mm -hmm. because people need to realize what the Bible says about life in the womb. It is true and life does matter to the Lord. So I share a lot of scripture, you know, before you were in the womb, you knew me before when I was in my mother's womb, you intricately formed me. And um, people need that heart added that heart change to know that God loves them and God loves their baby. That's right. It's it's interesting. So on medical mission trips that I've been on to, I've always concentrated on obviously operating on people and helping them. But the one probably biggest thing that I've ever gotten to do was we visited an orphanage and uh, Ricardo, who's the head of the trip, local Honduran, a bright scholar, uh, went to Texas for economics and stuff, super smart guy, had me speak. To the, to the orphanage and I got on my knees and pretty much wept because I always felt like my testimony would begin with my natural mother requiring that I be raised Christian. But really it began, like you said, God knew me before and had a purpose for my life. Mm-hmm. And I gave them hope. I was able to get on my knees and look them in the eyes and say, I'm just like you guys. And look what's happened. Mm-hmm. There's hope. You can get out of this orphanage and be productive. And that was a really interesting trick because um, he operates the whole time on medical missions. We barely see him. And so I think we've gone like six or seven years in a row. And I finally said to Ricardo, he cannot go unless he spends at least half of a day in the village. He's never done a house visit. He doesn't see like he gets culture a little bit, but it's very isolated, right? 
Yes. And so Ricardo was hemming and hawing and he got to go to an orphanage. I still have never been to an orphanage out of mm-hmm. all of these years. And he came back and was just so full of life. And it, you know, your story, even Will's story, it makes me think, you know, that phrase pain to purpose, which is in scripture over and over. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we want to hide or we think we're ashamed of that, that we actually have worked through. And God is, he wants to use that for us to go help others because, um, we're not alone. And when other people know that they're not alone, right, it gives hope and that kind of ripple effect. Like you mentioned 20 babies. Well, how many babies are going to come from those 20 babies? And how many friends are going to see the one that had one of those 20 babies and then make a decision to keep a baby? I mean, on and on. Right. (laughs) And when you can share your story, you know, God's brought healing. You know, people who are still aren't able to share their story, they need to be set free a little bit more when they realize your story will set someone else free. It's all part of God's general journey, how he takes a layer off at a time, right? Like uh, peeling an an onion. (laughs) Exactly. And everyone's more excited than the one before. They just keep thrilling you when you're following. What do you think, Paul? I could think of counseling sessions. How about you, brother? I was thinking, uh, Marianne and Will, thanks for being with us tonight. You know, it's always a pleasure to have you. and and hear what you're sharing, how the Lord's using your life. Um, We kind of joke a little bit about me theologuing, but (laughs) I I enjoy it. I try to to see where God's hand is at work because I do believe that God is active and working constantly and inviting us to participate with that, you know, and, and, and it's always a thrill to see people find joy and the purpose uh, that God leads them to. So it's, it's kind of wonderful. I'd like to talk about um, maybe draw the picture um, in, in a little bit different frame. Uh, this past couple of weeks, uh, you know that we've uh, they've been interviewing uh, Katanji Brown Jackson uh, as a um, possible member of the Supreme Court. And I was curious because two questions were asked of her and uh, she seemed to politely dodge them and one question was when does life begin okay that was that was one question the other question is what is a woman mm-hmm. and uh, she she really didn't tackle that one uh, very well at all but but her statement was i have my personal religious beliefs but Okay, and there and and of course that big word, but you know, hitting out whatever comes after that's the truth, uh, or or tends to be. So, I I set that in that kind of frame to say, as you're working and sharing your life, and and as you're seeing people's lives change, do you get a sense that the the polls the are beginning to shift just a little bit in our country. You know, we we sunk, we we have been swinging so far, you know, to the left. Uh, do you see that pendulum begin to slow and begin to kind of come back towards center uh, in in your efforts and your work with people? Same thing, you know, tank and staff. Are you are you seeing that as you're out in your work? You know what I think is real interesting when I've spoken to candidates for school board. They're oblivious to what these laws are that are being enforced on them Mm -hmm. um, in the schools. I had candidates not even know that, oh, sex education in kindergarten. And, you know, and I'm like, why would it if why would people vote for you if you're not aware of this? Mm -hmm. But they're really oblivious. 
And in my own school district, well, they don't have that um, in our schools. Well, there is a mandate, and I get this from our Calvary Chino Hills, the gal who's in charge of Real Impact, and she said, no, the schools are all mandated in California to have this comprehensive sex education. They are mandated. So why they aren't aware of it really just puzzles me and how it slips in. Um, one of our, our, well, not one of ours, but our president of our school board said, well, definitely not at kindergarten, maybe third grade. And I'm like, well, even that's not good enough. And I think school boards need to be informed. And I think parents need to go before the school boards. Parents need to run for school boards in our community. The position that I would run for is occupied for two years. So that would be a miracle if the Lord opened up an opportunity for me to even be on our board. But parents around United around California and United States need to get involved and be on their school boards and do some of the voting and make the decisions. Get the liberal mm-hmm. people out, get the conservative, get their voice heard. So I don't know. I don't really see it swinging. I, I feel like it's constantly a battle. And even recently, the ones you, the new bills, every time something gets voted down, a new one comes up, voted down, a new one comes up. They, we talked about it today, Joe, right? They keep slipping. Right. New one in. It's a constant battle for the children and to break the families up, to quiet the church. Yeah, I, I, I think the pendulum is going to start to swing. It's gone far left, but it's going to be for the young people. Mm-hmm. You know, if... The parents um, stand up to the school boards and, and you know, ask you know, to see the curriculum, you know, ahead of time. And then they can make the decision whether they want their their child to be involved in, in the education or not. And um, um, it's going to happen from the young people. Right now, what's the older people or the, you know, the 30s and you know they they they're probably off on on the left side and uh, mm-hmm. some of them are you know changing their their minds but i think the younger generation um is going to you know we're going to see some changes there you know uh you know marianne just said you know uh an assembly bill here in california is just coming up um that mm-hmm. uh it's they want the, uh, the what they want to do is a person will not be subject to to civil or criminal liability or penalty based on their actions with respect to their pregnancy, or actual potential or alleged preg- pregnancy outcome, including miscarriage, which I don't, you know, <laughs> stillbirth, or abortion or peri- perinatal death. And then they say the perinatal death can be defined as a number of weeks after birth. Terrible. That's you know they 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 yeah. they're, they're, they're going to be talking about this bill um, soon in the uh, well it's it's going to be in in the uh, with one of the uh, you know uh, committees, and so they're asking us to call them up, call up the committee and, and uh, members, and also to call our. Um, uh, assembly person, but you know stuff like this mm-hmm. is coming up all the time. And you know, we, we, go ahead, Stephanie. Did you have something you wanted to say? Go ahead. Oh, okay, Paul. Okay, 
I got to Oh, I, I mean, I always have everybody? something to say. I just <laughs> thought you were talking. Um, so, Paul, I, you know, I, I do see repeat kind of like what Marianne was saying is um, I, the only time I'd ever go to the Capitol in California was for um, vaccination requirements or for taking away homeschooling, both because I thought they were um, parental rights. And to be fair, I'm fully vaccinated. My kids are. The concept of a government telling me what I should and should not do with my children's body is horrifying to me. And they bring it back every season. It's just a new version. So like what you were saying, it's a new, they're just push, push, push constantly. And I always said um, that will be a deal breaker for me in California. And it hasn't happened yet, but you watch it's coming. But at the same time, I do sense a revival I do sense younger being more outspoken, not in a disrespectful way, but more convicted of their beliefs and saying something is wrong here. And we saw it in California even before we left, but we're seeing it here. And like our, you know, it gives me the chills. Our boys that are home still are 14 and 15 because we have olders and they want real preaching. They want real content. They want deep. They want to be in scripture. They want to understand why they are questioning a lot of things that are happening in our environment and they're not alone. And I think it's really good. So yes, Paul, I do think there are veins of things changing. Is it enough? Cause I think, I think the Christian body for a long time has been very quiet or we're very angry and neither one of those are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say personally, I, I agree with you, Will. I think uh, we have a daughter who's in her late 20s, and she just had twins. Now we have three grandchildren. And the or three oldest were like, homeschooling. Your kids are going to be weird, psycho kids. Can't social you, everything, all that stuff. And I struggled with it. That was probably our biggest argument because I grew up in it a public school. But it's not the same school that we grew up no. So number one. Well, and I love our schools. That's why I was talking to our school board members because I love our, we lived in this, moved to this community because it had great schools. And to see so many people de-schooling, which is taking your kids out of public school to either homeschool or pay for private, you know, I, I'm glad they have their choices. I think they, you know, the money should follow the child, but our schools are getting empty and, you know, in Los Angeles, they're not even having enough students to put in the classrooms for kinder first grade mm-hmm. because the babies are being aborted. They're not being born. So yeah. that's a whole other issue. Oh my gosh. Well, and, and I like with the choice. Sorry. No, go ahead, Marianne. Who is that? Stephanie, go ahead. Was, sorry. <laughs> One of the things that's very frustrating to me about these choices of schools is that usually the more affluent will find the alternative for their kids, whether it's a charter, private, whatever, and then the less cannot. And so now you really are creating even more um, disadvantages or advantages and not to be overly political, but that's exactly what the party that's creating this says they stand against. And yet it's what they're doing. And I would love to see every kid be able to go to public school, get a wholesome, good education, be playing in the dirt, learn their ABCs and one, two, threes, get their ethical standards at home. Right. And we lost Mm -hmm. that, which includes abortion, because you're right. I didn't even think about it. They are killing the babies, manipulating from the beginning. 
what they should mm-hmm. be believing. Mm-hmm. Let me share Absolutely. some of the statistics, if I may, yeah. about um, what happens to the mothers. So one in four mothers can't bear children again. They're more likely that they're more than twice, two and a half times likely to have um, commit suicide. 60% have suicidal thoughts. And if you hear the statistics, suicide on our Saturday meeting where we went around Planned Parenthood, I was learning about suicide really on the rise for um, post-abortive moms. 94% suffer with emotional trauma, which leads to abuse. Moms are depressed for 5 to 15 years, and I'm even meeting women 40 and 50 years past who still experience anxiety and and, um, sadness and regret. And the the thing is, 64% of abortions, the the families are encouraging their kids get the abortion. And the percentage of Christians who are having abortions is like 60%. So there really needs to be that heart change. The people need to get into their Bibles, hear what God has to say about sacrificing babies to Moloch or killing babies. And um, Mm, good point. Yeah. Changing a law very is good. not going to change people's minds. You know, it's going to have to come from the heart and really, you know, gut, dive into to knowing God's word. And uh, right. and He forgives people yeah. who've had abortions. He forgives you. Yeah. People need to repent. The mm-hmm. old repent. Ask Jesus into your heart. Guide me. Direct me. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. And oh my gosh, lives will just turn around. And he'll use what the enemy wants for evil for good. I think I think this is great. I think what you were sharing, uh, Marianne, uh, Doctor Centron, to us tonight, and the question Paul brought up, and the great input from Stephanie and Tank on this, really goes back to why one of my favorite verses in Scripture. Of course, I learned the King James uh, came around the Moses with, with Moses. You know. <laughs> In this world, you're going to have tribulations, but be of good cheer because I'm fighting the world and I might win. Did I get that right? <laughs> no. You've overcome uh, the world. I have overcome. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> I've <laughs> overcome the world. In other words, I look at it this way. Yeah, now I'm getting back to my old teaching habit. Yeah, did I get that? No. I've already overcome the world. We are going forward, mm-hmm. as Paul and I were talking today, in victory. We can't see it sometimes. Paul has such great questions on that. We really can't. I'm led to believe this, and we're going to carry this over to uh, next week also, folks. When I look at all this, it says, in this world, you're in trouble. We live in a troubled world. That doesn't mean we live above it. We live, as Marianne said, in the troubled world. We're surrounded by people with all the anti-scriptural answers to every question we face. So when I look at this right now, I have to think to myself, woke, woke is real. Woke is working across this nation. Woke has four things they want to do, and they're inclusive of what Dr. Cintron and her husband and all of us are talking about tonight. They have four key objectives. Number one, do away with the church and God. If you get rid of that, you get rid of one of the bases we need. Number two, get rid of the home and the family destroy it. Abortion. This, we could go right down the list. Take apart the family. Number three, get rid of the Constitution. It's dead. It's old. It's archaic. We don't need it. 
And as the founder and head of Twitter said just this week from India, we don't need that. We need to rewrite everything we think today. No, you need to search your heart, like Will said, and find Jesus Christ, not Vashti or some Hindu god that you're chasing around right now, because this is the United States of America. And we care about our families, and we care about the Lord, and we care about our, our church. And number four, capitalism. We need to remember our Christian Judeo ethics when we're in capitalism to think about others as we think about ourselves so that we give the example it ought to be. That's what made America great. Back to the family. We're being told all these things today, just like Stephanie said. We're being led astray. Children don't matter. They're just a pulp of cells. They're nothing. We know they're not. I get discouraged as a pastor for 50 years. Dr. Hall gets discouraged because he's, he's preached the Word of God all these years. We all stand on this, so I'm simply going to say this. We know who's going to win. And Stephanie's right. right. Young people today are looking. They want the answers. God is calling Marianne. He's called Will. He's calling us to stand on truth, to stand up. How do we do this? We go up and smack? No, we don't smack people. We don't verbally attack people. We stand in the truth of God's Word, and we simply say, the Bible says. Probably one of the weakest preachers of the 20th century will go down as one of the greatest men of the 20th century, and the greatest preachers of the 20th century, his name was Billy Graham. When Billy Graham got up there, he would say over and over, the Bible says. Are we afraid to say that today? Are we afraid to say the Bible says? Yes, we are sometimes. <laughs> and I think we need to say it. Mariana, Will, we were talking today. This is what the Bible says. That is a special child of God made in the image of God, placed in a womb, and he or she are destined for something great that God wants. Our nation is still destined to stand on the principles of our church and what God's Word says, our home and our family. Are we going to have nuclear families? No, we're probably going to have a majority of blended families, and God will bless them uniquely, just like Stephanie has said tonight. So I, I, I've said enough. I just want to say this. I know who's going to win in this thing. And Paul says yes, this all the time. I've known this guy up in the corner up here for 52 years. Jeez, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have said that. But he knows the Word of God. When it comes to theologian, I need to stand up and stand more for what God's Word says. And you're going to see more of that. Raising expectations will never be raised without the Holy Spirit of God moving, like Will said, in the hearts of people to bring them into the Word to change the world, one neighbor, one man, one woman, now listen, and one unborn child at a time. That's what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm all done. Watch out. Sometimes preachers get on court. Let me pull the plug. And now, let me go back to what we're doing here. We have about five minutes. Paul, uh, Dr. Central Mariana, is there something you would like to say right there? Well, I'd like to read the song. Actually, when she wraps up, if, if you'd pray for us, Paul, if you would close us out tonight and just pray for us, uh, and then I'll say bye for that prayer. Marianne, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I'd like to read uh, Psalm 139, part of it. Even in my morning devotion, you know, verses 1 through 13 are amazing, but verses 13 mm-hmm. to 18 is about the baby in the womb. And David wrote, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. 
My frame wasn't hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And that's one of the scriptures that talk about life in the womb. Jeremiah 1.5, before I formed you in the womb, God says, I knew you. And before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you. So God has a purpose for Jeremiah and for all these unborn babies. What about who's going to bring the inventions and cures that we're going to need for the future if we're aborting these babies? How many of them are the geniuses that God wants us to have? Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Thank you, Marianne. Paul, would would you pray for uh, Marianne and for Will and just for our witness and uh and then we'll close after that. Boy, this, and we'll be back next week. Thank you. Yeah. Father, I want to thank you and uh, declare our love for you. Uh we are fearfully and wonderfully made a reflection of you, your very nature. And uh I thank you for Marianne, for Will, the ministry you called them to, and I ask you to continue to bless them and give them wisdom. Thanking you for Steph and Dank, uh Lord and and their exchanges with people they have every day making impacts and uh, carrying your love your grace thank you for joe uh, bless him lord order his steps and we especially want to remember ron our brother tonight as he's uh, moving through uh, stages of grief after uh, having a family loss lord we know that you're the great victor and in you we have the victory we have nothing to fear and uh, help us father to remember that even though we may seem like grasshoppers to ourselves um, Mm -hmm. as we see you lord and walk in the truth of who you are and what you purposed in this world Uh, we are great overcome and we give you all the thanks and all the praise because the victory is yours Uh, you've caused this to happen and we thank you in jesus name amen amen Amen. we thank you you, amen well folks uh, we're going to have to close out for tonight but we're going to have Dr. Cintron, and we'll be back with us next week. We're going to be talking about what is carried on. I apologize for being on the phone tonight, but uh, this is what we look like most of the day, huh? So it's nice to see the phone go away to your head sometimes, huh, Steph? <laughs> you always have that phone. I know you guys are busy on it, and Paul, too. Uh, Marianne, Will, God bless you and keep you and that special new granddaddy and uh, what you're doing, and we'll look forward to next week. We'll be set to go on the spot, and... Uh, Love you guys and appreciate you. And Thank remember, you so much. tune appreciate in again next week, same time, same station, six, uh, six to seven here on the West Coast, and just follow it through. And we'll look forward to being with you. So, on behalf of everybody, we'll look forward to being with you again next week, right here on Raising Expectations. And we want to tell you more about the one who can not only raise your expectations, but encourage, strengthen you, and empower you to have those changed for his glory and for your life and for your future. God bless and keep you all. Thanks so much. Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may, with you, one topic at a time each week, become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom, 
It can be a great future as we talk, listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.